eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Today we're here to bring you a special guest interview for your listening pleasure on a Saturday morning. Earlier in the week we had a chance to interview a very special guest all the way from the US. We interviewed YouTube sensation Five Points, the author of a lot of funny videos and a guy that can trigger any fan base that he likes at a split second, not only in NFL but also in pretty much any sport that you could think of. Uh, so it's one for not only NFL fans, but fans of people who not only like football, but also the other sports out there over in the States as well. This one was a really fun one to record, so I hope you enjoy it as much as we did recording it. Otherwise, we'll see you Wednesday next week for the usual CFB podcast. And as always, keep those eyes peeled for all things full 10 yards over the coming days for all the usual content. Plus, also our season guide, which we'll be able to provide very, very soon. Here's the interview. Enjoy. <laughs> Okay, so I'm very excited to be speaking to you today, Five Points. I've been watching your YouTube videos for a couple years now, and you've triggered me a couple times, I'll be honest, as a Patriots fan. I, uh, uh, so, but also, you make probably some of the funniest, especially football videos on YouTube, and which is why I've, I've always thought, like, I, I've only been what, following you a couple years, but did you ever see your content taking the direction it did when you first started doing YouTube, or...? Not, not at all. Uh, in fact, my YouTube channel was originally a gaming channel and I would do Madden videos. And really the only reason I did Madden videos was because I wanted to get better at the game. I really had no intention of forming like a YouTube channel or doing any type of content that I do now. But then I kind of slowly discovered that nobody really wants to watch a 40 year old um (laughs) unrelatable dad joke telling (laughs) bald ugly man playing madden so i just i i'd gotten sick of madden and then i started making nhl videos and then one day i was just like what if i really tried to make a video that i liked or i thought that i would watch and um that made all the difference and you know i started scripting my videos i started really thinking ahead and and pretending to be a professional and then today almost eight years later i get to also pretend to be a professional (laughs) (laughs) so is that that oh no sorry go ahead sorry Sorry. is that where it took a bit of a turn then when you kind of did start to kind of take the effort up a notch a little bit yeah when i saw the results of um that I, I i remember i did a video on nhl captains and i'd been used to getting like maybe a thousand video views at a time on one video which is when you're small not not a bad thing at all um but then that one got like forty thousand on it and i was like huh i might ha- i might be on to something here and then one day um i did a critiquing every nhl logo and that one just blew up and i was like <laughs> Oh, I, I don't. If you actually put effort into something and you do something that you think is interesting to other people, hopefully those two visions align, and the next thing you know, you you can create a repeatable series. And and I, it, it's crazy to think how far I've come in the last uh, couple of years. But that's that's really sort of changed and molded 
um, YouTube because YouTube is, I, I've had a lot of careers. I've done a lot of things and YouTube is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah, you've obviously as well, we've seen some collaborations of your channel. KTO is actually a particular favorite of mine and it's actually how I found your videos was him talking about you. Is there a, let's, let's just not even say on YouTube, is there a dream person you'd like to do a collaboration with? Oh gosh, I, that, that's a interesting question. Um, I guess, there's, is there a dream person? Not necessarily. I mean, I, I don't want to come off as, um, gosh, an, an egoist. I don't, I don't know how to say this and without looking like an ass. I, th I think that I love working with other creators that are around my size. And someone like KTO is just perfect because he, I love working with other creators that are still humble and humid, uh, humid <laughs> and, and still have humility, not hum They're not, right. I mean, KTO's in Ohio and it's pretty humid here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just, uh, I, I like the grind of being a small creator. Now, if there's, if there are channels that I look up to like SB nation or someone like John, John boy or John Bois or John boys, however you say his last name, if you were to just to, to acknowledge that I exist, I'd, I'd probably be fine with that. I mean, I mean, yeah, cause yeah, John boys is kind of, kind of a genius when it comes to the, the, the content he puts out. And, uh, I see a little of your videos in him, actually. Uh, and, and your fan base, you're just triggering fan base's videos, are some of the funniest videos on YouTube. What, do you, what sport is easier to trigger? What sport has the most sensitive fans? Uh, the NBA definitely has the most sensitive fan, fans uh, because they have a young, tend to have a younger audience, a little bit hotter heads. And they get very angry and they don't understand the joke as much. But in terms of material, the NFL is just endless with material. Like you can, you can take a regular season game uh, from three years ago where a, a team just blows a lead. And that still is very angering because the games mean so much in the NFL when you only have 16 games. So it's, it's really easier for me to find material um on, on the nfl but I, personally i like doing videos like the mlb or the nhl where you get really esoteric and find these particularly triggering moments that that really tick people off especially if it's personal when you know how you felt in that moment that's where you're just like oh man those those things like that hurt and i think that's an angle that's worked really well for me is cruelty for some reason people <laughs> like to be insulted yeah, if you if you try and piss people off on the internet, then people are going to take notice, right? Yeah, and and what's amazing, the in, the most interesting phenomenon about the triggering series is when people comment, "You went easy on us," or "You didn't give it to us as <laughs> intensely as I wanted," and then they list off like ten more things, and I'm like, "I'll put that in the next video." Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a sadomasochism around around this oh, uh, yeah, series of videos that you say. That's always the most interesting phenomenon that they're just like, they, they want more out of it. They want more insults. 
Well, I, I can obviously trigger Atlanta fans by just mentioning two numbers. So <laughs> we, we, twenty-eight three. Is this the greatest moment in sports? But um, did you have any teams that fans got upset more than other teams? Like maybe Jets fans are kind of used to being beaten down on, so maybe they didn't get as offended by some of your jokes, but maybe some teams did. I, I would say on on the opposite of that, the Lions fans never they don't really say much when you just beat on them. It almost gets to the point where they've they've got Stockholm syndrome, where you just beat on them and they start to love you for it. I'd say, and and this might hurt you, Patriots fans tend to get very defensive and territorial and throw the six rings, which which I would which I would do too uh, if I were My a only Patriots. Defense fan but really when you're getting insulted there's no there's no win or comeback from that it's more like all right you got me here's what i think but you know they everyone's going to to crap on you no matter what no matter who you are you could have won the world series and or the super bowl and inst- and i could trigger you right mm. afterwards yeah, as a Chargers fan, I can definitely relate to the Stockholm, <laughs> Stockholm syndrome kind of yeah. vibe that you're giving off there, definitely. Yeah, there, there are a couple of teams that pipe up. Let me try to think of uh, teams that try to clap back with no uh, basis. Like Saints fans often will uh, talk <laughs> okay. a lot of smack with no, you know, I'm like, hey, you have one Super Bowl and that one was kind of gifted to you. It's, <laughs> it, it's frustrating when they're so delusional that. Uh, just ask but, him how many MVPs Drew Brees has and they just <laughs> fall apart at the seams. <laughs> and that's the special thing about an insult that triggers people. It's not necessarily bringing up something that terrible that happened it's knowing what the hot button is and that to me is the more funny thing is is like if you say oh tom brady's a system quarterback like that really gets a pats fan going because they'll be like well what about this throw what about that it's it's not even about making the point or even having any logic behind it and and a good friend of mine you know sports talk barry is the master at doing that uh (laughs) The, the great thing about him is I think he actually believes his rhetoric, which makes it even more hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely legendary. Isn't he? I think he's one yeah. of the most notorious people on Twitter, really. And, you, you know, it's one of those things where he's Im, uh, imitating Ian Rappaport and things like that. It's just got its own little subculture of Twitter almost. It's hilarious. Yeah, what's amazing is I have a friend that follows me and follow and and sees me retweeting Barry and he gets very angry and I just I I I he doesn't understand the nuance of what he's doing it's not necessarily about the information it's about what people do with it and that that to me is subtle hilarity and it's something that's more cerebral than than just you know what I do which is trying to punch you in the face if you've read some uh like, what would be the worst responses you, you've got out of fans who, who maybe can't take a joke or just got a little bit of bent out of shape by something you said? It's, it's not even that. Like, I don't – I get it. Like, I personally don't like to go directly at fans. I like to go at moments that happen with the team. But, you know, the most um, bothersome comment that I get is just – is something like, uh, you talk too much or – It's kind of your job, right? <laughs> Sorry, the the kids yelling at me. Um, it, 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 those Tom are the dumb. Too much. Yeah, like <laughs> luckily at this 
the, the only benefit of becoming a larger channel is that less comments get through to you. Like I used to read every single one of them and that can be exhausting and mentally damaging, mm -hmm. but it's, it's those stupid comments that bothered me the most or, or someone that tries to correct me and is incorrect about it. Like I just recently did a video about uh, Derek Jeter and the, and the flip play and how Jeremy Giambi was tagged out at home and people were like, no, that's Jason Giambi. I'm like, it's not Jason Giambi. There are two Giambis. There's Jeremy that was on the base pass and, and Jason who went to the end. And it's just getting corrected by someone who thinks that they're right is the worst form of idiot, which is an idiot that thinks they're smart. And then I, I guess uh, got a slightly different like, line of questioning. Um, I mean, over here in the UK, we've got like, We've only got the one kind of sports channel which runs like 24 hours a day at Sky Sports News. And it kind of repeats the same stuff all, all day. And, and, and I guess that, and I, I know you guys have got that over there in the States, but do you think like people like yourself who are kind of like commentators and, and creators on YouTube are going to uh, overtake um, traditional sports media like that in, in terms of popularity with fans? That's point? a great question. I think, I think the, there's a difference between, there's two, ends of the spectrum right there's credibility which those sports networks offer and then there's authenticity which mm -hmm. is what us little guys like me and tree and kto it's like all right we're these gritty sports fans and we don't consider ourselves members of the media per se and the reason why my channel exists the reason why any of our channels exist is because the audience is so thirsty for that they're tired of those networks mm -hmm. or like espn or fox sports one that they can't say what they want right like mm -hmm. and they're trying to get edgier and they're trying to to do that but they can never replicate that grittiness because Jalen Rose or Skip Bayless they can say the dumb things or you know Nick Wright they can say stupid things but they can never just outright insult a team they can mm -hmm. never just outright insult a fan base and and or they'll get flamed for it and that's something that we can do. And that's something I think audiences have been thirsty for. And they're, and they're tired of regurgitated sports content, for sure. Yeah, I think, I think one of the things that I find, especially with a lot of the things over here nowadays, and I think it's maybe piggybacking off what the sports channels in the States have been like, is they're just about creating a narrative nowadays, which, you know, when you get in fan-based media, such as, you know, such as yourself or podcasts such as ourselves, you're not going to get that. You're about you're just saying your opinions and getting out what, what you think. So... Kind of, do you think that'll be the balance? This is this kind of what you're getting at in terms of, you know, we're not trying to create a narrative. You're not trying to create a narrative. And do you think that's where people are kind of thirsty for kind of the real stories almost and what people actually think rather than this fabricated storyline and soap opera almost? Yeah, you know, someone like Skip Bayless, he just says the dumbest things because he knows that that it's going to get a reaction, mm -hmm. and which is fine. I. I I kind of do the same thing with the triggering series, but it's a little more authentic to, to come from someone who's, who's not coming from a position of authority. You know, like Skip Bayless is supposed to make logical sports takes. That's, but he, he doesn't on purpose because they need clicks. They need, they need him to say dumb things. And mm -hmm. that to me seems really insincere and not just not a genuine reflection of, of probably what he thinks and that's coming from someone who is insincere <laughs> and doesn't say necessarily the things that i think all the time you know like when i'm tr trying to trigger someone so it, it's kind of this uh balance of of like i said that that 
a more of a fan's perspective. Now, I don't know where my channel will be in five years from now, if I'm as big or as, have as much notoriety. I hope I never become that way. Really, what I've, what I've been trying to, to evolve into is, is forming uh, emotional connections to sports, whether it be laughter or sadness or just, <laughs> yeah, or, or things that, um, that make you feel uh, a certain way when it comes to sports and and that's where i've i've kind of been pushing my content lately now the triggering series is fun i only do one about every six months because i kind of have to wait for more bad things to happen um but yeah it's it's kind of I, I i've i've moved away a little bit from that because they, they they need to be special each time. Mm -hmm. I think you've got an endless sort of supply of of sad sports fans as well. Haven't you? There's a lot of sad sports fans, more so than happy sports fans. Um, and I'm a Chargers fan and a Cavaliers fan as well. When I follow the NBA, so I've been a sad sports fan for quite a while. <laughs> so yeah, you've got you've got an endless supply of people to kind of poke fun at, I guess. Well, that that's the thing about sports that I love it. Uh, it, it, it's like a sports game, right? The, the mechanics of the game never change, but the outcome does. Mm -hmm. you could, you could, even a 1-0 one, one game or a 2-0 game is a different game than the, the, the exact same score. Mm -hmm. it, it, they don't all, it, every game is different and every outcome is different. And the sports narratives fluctuate. Like, you know, Patriots fans have been riding high for the last 20 years. And now the next year could be the darkest year in Patriots history. Yep, there you go with the hat. <laughs> Uh, but it's amazing how the human mind thinks it's like, okay, you're in prison for 20 years. You get out the first day, all that. I mean, yes, you're scarred from prison, but you're only into whatever you're into now. And it's, and Patriots fans are going to feel it. If they're four and 12 next year, there's going to be a lot of dumping on the Pats. And, uh, <laughs> a lot of chickens that come going to come home to roost. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> it's going to get ugly for sure. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, me neither. I, I, I feel like we have to have at least make the playoffs to not draw the ire of every single... Because most sports fans, especially in the NFL, are sick of whoever's winning, whoever's at the top. People are sick of the Warriors. People are sick of the Patriots. So, so I, I, totally get, I totally get that. And I know... I know urinating tree is going to have a field day if we have a bad season. Oh, yeah. If he's yeah. going gonna, gonna to go off. Yeah, as soon as they get eliminated, I can see a congrats Patriots video. But they could go out and shock. I mean, Cam Newton could look like Cam Newton from five years ago. The thing that really bothers me, though, is if you're a team that needs someone to be a version of themselves from two or three years ago, you're in a lot of trouble. You need someone to be the version that they are in 2020, not someone from three years ago, because mm -hmm. it rarely happens where someone – uh, just completely. That's why they have the award comeback of the comeback player of the year award, and you usually only and you only win it once. Mm -hmm. And that's why um, <laughs> it's it, it, it's scary to think that a lot is riding on Cam Newton, who looked very bad when he was healthy last year. Mm -hmm. I know I got on. Yeah, a little I think that's. Uh... Oh no, that's that's fine. We we like <laughs> yeah. to hear it. The... As a Patriots fan, trust me, it's oh man, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I was I was all in on Jared Stidham before we signed Cam, and now I've got to be like, well, Cam's good. So <laughs> I got I got to kind of like act like I've never gunned him or slated him or said he's not a starting level quarterback anymore. Which is I got to try and rally behind my team. Yeah, um, 
Oh, sorry, I, I was about to wait. As an Auburn fan who watched Stidham play, he's very frustrating. Uh, he doesn't make the big throws that you would expect an NFL quarterback to make. Mm. And uh, I wouldn't – I mean, he could – he could surprise people, but he, he reminds me a lot of a little bit more athletic Ken Dorsey. I don't know if you remember who he was. He won a national championship with Miami. And a lot, I, I, I was surprised that – I'm always surprised when some players get drafted and you know that they're just not going to pan out. But I don't know. So there, there are so many players that come out of nowhere that surprise you, like a Gus Farad or something. You know, mm-hmm. these, these players that were undrafted, like a Tom Brady that just – they surprise you. But Stidham, to me, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. But at <laughs> Auburn, for sure, there were times where he had opportunities to make good plays and, or big plays and did not cash in. Mm. Yeah, I've been making the excuse that he didn't have the greatest receiving core at Auburn because I think when we saw him last year in preseason, he made some good throws, he made some smart decisions and he, he looked a million times better than he did at Auburn. And obviously his only real experience in the NFL was in regular season games. We saw him through the pick six and people get really angry because I'm like, it's the right read. And they're like, it's a bad throw. And I was like, that's not the point. It was the right read. <laughs> <'Cause-> yeah. <laughs> it might be the system, though, because, you know, Tom Brady didn't have a big arm, not particularly athletic. He was just driven. So maybe we can see, you know, the coachability and uh, Stidham will really help him evolve if he does get the chance to play. There's some sort of minimum standard of ability or just outright insane level of compete that someone like Tom Brady has mm. where he looks at like I will always I will never crap on Tom Brady because yeah he might have a system that opens people up or has them open but he almost always makes the right read and he's almost always makes a throw and I think that is just a product of him as soon as like I'm sure after a loss he's back on the treadmill he's he's looking at film like he does not accept losing like and that's what you have to be someone like Peyton Manning Tom Brady even Eli Manning Aaron Rodgers like all of those guys are just cut from a ridiculous cloth of I cannot stand losing and I will mm. sacrifice whatever it will take to continue to win because they hate losing so much and that's such an admirable quality to have and there are some people that have that in them but also just suck and they can't they can't get it done so it's it's such an interesting phenomenon of athletics where the you need that combination of ability mental strength and then uh the the perseverance and and attitude to get it done Mm. yeah we've seen with tom brady is he is a bit too competitive apparently he's like he had a big fight with danny amendola because amendola beat him at ping pong He's apparently almost ruined charity softball games from getting so competitive. So, so, so yeah. He, he, but at forty-three years old, and now with a stacked box team, that might that might play in his favour. Um, but the past few weeks, we 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 normally talk college on this podcast, particularly. But we've been talking about how how do you think personally the college football. If they do have a season, how do you think they're going to handle the season during this pandemic? Because the bubbles worked well for the NBA, but we've seen teams like the Marlins in the MLB have had some trouble with players getting infected and stuff. I see it as some leagues attempting to start and there being a COVID outbreak 
maybe a month into it, maybe even sooner than you think. I think the most undisciplined people in the world are college students age 18 to 22. I don't think that putting them in a bubble is going to work because there's going to be lots of fights. There's going to be lots of uh, disciplinary problems. Um, there's is it's just not going to work. They're going to try it, and I hope it works. I I I I hope to be optimistic, but there there's nothing worse than a young person confined, uh, and they're they're going to violate curfew. They mm. think that they're. I thought when I you know most of us th- think at age eighteen or nineteen that we could survive a plane crash like somehow we would just you know do a flip and ski it out or something and that's that's how you think when you're that young and they're not gonna obey that their 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 hormones are still going crazy uh they've at this point you know athletes are so so privileged even at the college level that they're not going to accept or understand why they would quarantine even and and not make any money either so Mm. i think the logical thing the smart thing is to to cancel everything and maybe uh, do it in the spring when there is a vaccine or something, but that's not going to happen because the SEC is too greedy. It's just it's going to be as disastrous or if not as bad as the MLB where mm. adults are playing this game, professionals are playing this game with a lot to lose, and they're still contracting COVID. You know, <laughs> you're, you're going to have some... like three teams with outbreaks now. Are you going to have some anti-NCAA videos on the way then in light of what you've just said? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I hope that there's college football. I've got a lot of college content that I'd love to see, and I, it, it's great. I love the pageantry. I, I like the, mm-hmm. that the athletes finally have the opportunity to earn money off of their likeness, which is – it's been such a perverse system up to this point of – of hypocrisy where the university is making this absurd amount of money off of these uh, amateur athletes mm-hmm. who are treated like gods and every piece of equipment that they're given is provided to them. They're semi-pro athlete. Don't get me wrong. Uh, a college athlete is compensated. I, th- I think that's where a lot of people are uh, misled by the media. Like I know uh, I used to, I went to high school with somebody that played at Virginia tech and when they would go to a bowl game in their hotel rooms, when they show up would be mountains of thousands of dollars worth of gear from whoever the bowl sponsor is. And mm-hmm. yes, they're getting compensated, but not in the way of, you know, direct monetary mm-hmm. compensation that you think. And they're also treated like gods on campus. <laughs> gods. Wouldn't know yeah. anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's getting late for my colleagues over in the UK right now. So I, I did want to ask you one final question, and it is a bit of a big one. But how would you like to be remembered? Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow, that's a, that's a great uh, question. I just I, – I like making people laugh. I think ever since – uh, I was young, like I just want to make other people around me happy and but as a smart ass like I have to do it in my way <laughs> it's it's not I'm not here to please people I don't think so I, I like finding the people that understand my smart ass humor and making actually making just them laugh <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> maybe upsetting one third of the room and two thirds of the room are happy about it so that's how I'd like to be remembered is uh, yeah, that guy was funny. He was kind of an asshole, but I liked him because he was a smart ass and that's how I am. And I thought that that's 
that's the kind of person that uh, I, I mess with. And, and I can tell with me, like, I don't have, uh, I, I wasn't the most popular person. Uh, well, I had a lot of friends in college, but like in high school is because I cannot control myself. I cannot stop being obnoxious for 10 minutes. Like that's who I am. That's who I'm going to be. You're going to either take like, I'm, you're either going to love me or hate me. And uh, I, I want to find those people that love me and, and just uh, raise a glass and just clank those in the air because that, that's how I'd like to be remembered. Thank you. That's a great question. I was, I was about to say, maybe a few more great vids, your son will be a, a bigger fan of yours rather than urinating tree. I know you put that on Twitter yesterday, a couple of days ago and you sounded very hurt by that. <laughs> yeah actually that kid is that I, I tweeted that like three years ago not much has changed it's funny because the kids uh they're teenagers now and they follow a lot of youtubers and you know they don't find it cool or interesting that i am a professional youtuber they just think that that's what i do and i, I just find that hilarious uh and yeah, whatever pathway that they choose to be in their careers and life, it's fine. You know, like I don't, I'm not sitting here chomping at the bit at all for them to choose this as a, as a, you know, something that they want to do. It doesn't matter. Like whatever your dad does, you always will think that he's a dork and that you're cool. <laughs> Even when my dad was in the military, you know, I thought that, I, that he was such a dork. And you know, looking back, he's like, a badass you know but uh you don't think so at the time for sure uh, well thank you very much for your time today as well if people want to find you on youtube it's five point vids and it's the same on twitter correct correct and instagram i only have like 600 followers on instagram people don't find pictures of my dog that interesting for some reason <laughs> awesome well, thanks for coming on five points we really appreciate you coming on and spending a little bit of time with us but yeah by by all all counts just uh yeah go and check out this guy's videos uh on a range of sports not just college football but just a range of sports as well so yeah no thank you so much for spending some time with us as well thank you i appreciate it thank you So there we have it. There's our interview with five points youtube sensation and all-round nice guy as you can hear right there so like I said before, that's, that's all until Wednesday. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at full10yardscfb. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.